Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Is there anybody else in this house that's glad that we have another opportunity to worship his holy and righteous name? Monday night reminded me, and I'm sure Monday night reminded plenty others, that we have a God, a living God, that the country, maybe even the world, lifted that young man up to. Not a statue, not Buddha, but a living God. And this morning we need to give praise, we need to give honor to his holy and righteous name. We welcome those of you that are joining us by way of live streaming. And if you invite him to come into your home, he will. Let us pray. Lord God, we do thank you. Father, we thank you and we humble ourselves before you. For we know that with you all things are possible. Without you, we can do nothing. But Lord God, we say thank you now for another opportunity to lift up those who may be down in their spirits. Those that are sick and shut in, Lord, we ask that you will have mercy upon them. Lord God, we thank you for every church door that's open in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We ask now that you will send your spirit into this place so that everything we do will be pleasing in your sight. Bless the songs that we sing. Anoint the voices, Lord. Bless the scriptures and above all, bless the God-man as he come to break the bread of life so that when we leave this place, we will be better, we will be stronger, we will have a new determination to serve you. And we ask all of these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our God. And all of the people said amen. Amen and amen. The choir is coming. All right, we came to give him glory. Here we go. The greatness of the Lord.
scripture and prayer. Our scripture uh, this morning comes from Philippians, second chapter, 12 through the 13 verses, and it reads, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity of prayer. We thank you for having the opportunity to come to you as we are with all of our imperfections, our shortcomings, and still with the potential to do thy will. We know that you are eternally able to put in us what others cannot see or imagine. In this year, 2023, we ask that you show us your will. We ask not just what you can do for us, but what we can do for thy kingdom. For what we do in thy name benefits us all in this moment and eternally to come. We many times ask for thy presence in our lives without realizing that through thy service you will be shown. That when we take two steps under thy will, you then take four to finish thy purpose. When we step out on faith for that which is right, just and unselfish for thy kingdom, we see that your presence is there in everything that we do. And it is glorified for the Redeemer and for the Maker. Yes, Lord. I ask this morning only for the strength, the wisdom, and the sincerity to really know that purpose for me. If you went through something in 2022 and the Lord woke you up this morning with an ounce of strength, a pound of faith, and a ton of gratitude, then the Lord still has a purpose for you. Once we start to know thyself through his eyes, we are ready to do, th to do thine will. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us all say amen. Hallelujah. It could have been me Outdoors With no food No clothes Oh, just alone Without a friend Just another number With a tragic end But you didn't see fit to let none of these things be But every day by your power it Keeps on keeping me Come on everybody And I want to say Just another number. 
Reverend Powell is going to come with the ministry of one a little bit later on, but I do want you to be in prayer now for uh, the Singleton family. We lost Brother Archie Singleton uh, on last week, and so we ask that you be in prayer for that family. Amen. Brother Singleton was in charge of our transportation ministry. We would crank up the buses and not only crank them up, but go pick folk up. Amen. And make sure that people had a ride to come to church and not just to church, but would actually drive the buses all over the, the nation, getting us to convention meetings and, and all the like. And so we thank God for the life and the service of Brother Archie Singleton. And we ask that you keep the Singleton family in your prayers. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. We're coming now for the offering. So join us at New Horizons on January 16th. And, oh, it's free. Breakfast is free. 
All right, breakfast is free. So we thank you for allowing us to share these announcements with you. And I'm just going to hold on to this, and I know somebody will help us identify Kendrick. Thank you. Good morning, Key Chapel. Mind you all are looking real good this morning. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen most of you since last year. And I think I need to call, make a roll, quick roll call right now. Make sure everybody here. I'm going to ask you a question. And when I ask you that question, if you fit in this category, your response wants to be, Jesus is Lord. Got it? Jesus is Lord. All right, here we go. Question. How many cheerful givers in the Lord's house this morning? Jesus Lord. Oh, look like we're going to add some more on this roll today. Well, glad you know that because it's tides and offering time. This is the time where we all get the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. We understand here at Cade Chapel that fully worship God includes our offering, which are given primarily for three reasons. First reason, demonstrate our obedience to God's word. The second reason is that we want to show our thanksgiving to God for providing all our needs. And the third reason is simply because we want to see God's kingdom grow through the missions and ministries that occur here, throughout our city, throughout our state, and even around the world. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can give by use of the traditional envelope method, or you can mail it in, or you can drop it off by the office, or you can use the K-Chapel app. Those of you that whip up our live stream, you too can bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your stream. So how much you give, and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves it. God bless you.
I'm going to remove her from that list, okay? But listen, as you travel during the week, remember, pray when you can, because you can't always do that. People won't allow it in all places. Visit where you can and wear your mask. And each day, thank God that you can. Amen. Chapter 1, Brother Pat, somewhere around the 29th verse, it says that John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who take away the sins of the world. He came into the world to be the ultimate sacrifice for you and for I. No one else could have done it. No one else was worthy enough. The only thing I can think of after hearing those words are hallelujah. 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 Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb.
he reigns. Hallelujah.
say hallelujah. Salvation and glory. Honor and power. All belong to you. Some glad morning. We shall with the 24 elders. Casting down their golden throne, crowns before the throne, we too shall sing, holy is the Lamb. But until that day, O oh God, we thank you for visiting us down here. Until we join you up there. Thank you for sending your spirit down here. Thank you for filling this sanctuary. With your presence. And your power. And we'll shout now. Holy. Holy. Yes, sir. Holy is the Lamb. Yeah. Lord God Almighty. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength. You are our Redeemer. Amen. And amen. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 12 through 13. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. These words you'll find recorded. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for just a few minutes. I want to talk from the subject this morning, work it out. Work it out. Work it. Work it out. Grow, growing up, growing up, growing up in the 70s, 80s, coming to the place of faith in the mid-70s, late 70s, and coming to this church, and if you were in any black church around that time, there was a song pad that said, Jesus will work it out. Y'all remember that? Yeah, it's that, it's that hand pattern. That's the one. Yeah, y'all remember that? Jesus will work it out. Turn it over to the Lord. 
he worked it out. And the soloist would go down and start cataloging all the things that the Lord worked out. Baby need a pair of shoes. Had a card note too. Wish I had a witness in here. She, she, she got to the end of it. She said, but I turned it over to the Lord. He worked it out. The, the, older, the older I got, I realized that, that that's not just good singing, but, but that's good teaching. That, that, that's, that's the song of somebody who saw the hand of God move in their lives. And, and I realized that there are some things that that you got to give over to the Lord. Maybe you've not gotten there yet, but keep living and you will discover that there are some problems you can't handle. There's some situations you can't solve. There's some, there's some problems you don't have the solution to and, and if God don't fix it, wish I had a witness in here. If the Lord does not show up, if the Lord does not intercede, if God does not interrupt it, it won't be handled. You've got some God-sized problems that only the hands of God are big enough, strong enough, powerful enough to be able to handle. But I'm a living witness this morning that if you turn it over to the Lord, he'll work it out. He'll work it out. Good news this morning is that that song is still true. And the word of God is still true that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Jesus can work it out. That problem you have, he can work it out. That issue you face, he can work it out. That circumstance before you, he can work it out. That situation that seems to get worse and worse before it ever seems to get better. The Lord can work it out. And for those of you who know that that's more than a song, you ought to be a witness this morning. You ought to let your neighbor know, I'm a living witness. The Lord will work it out. Some, some of you been sick and the doctors gave up on you, but the Lord worked it out. Some of you didn't know how you were going to get through that financial difficulty, but the Lord worked it out. Some of you were in a bad work situation and you didn't even want to go to work the next morning, but somehow the Lord, well, I wish I had two or three folk, I'll make four, that the Lord worked some stuff out. Turned it over to the Lord. He worked it out fought my battle and I didn't have to get my hands dirty. He, he covered me and I didn't have to worry about it. He kept me and I didn't have to try to keep myself. God worked it out. Glad brother preacher that I've got a God who can handle stuff that I can't. Stuff that I can't deal with he can't. Things that are too much for me, God can handle it. It's, 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 it's not too big for God. It's not too much for my master. His hands are big enough to handle my problems. Do I have a witness here? 
Jesus will work it out. But while, while we give God thanks for all that he can work out and all that he works out for us, this passage reminds us that there are some things that we are to work out for ourselves. Some stuff that ain't up to God. Some things you don't need to be calling on the Lord to fix. Y'all ain't gonna like this preaching this morning. There's, there's some things that, that this text says it's your responsibility to work it out. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Some things then that as believers and as Christians and as followers of Christ that we must take upon ourselves and work it out. Paul says in this text, work it out. Your own salvation. Now, he is not suggesting that we are to somehow figure out how we are to save ourselves or how we are to keep ourselves saved. No, no, that, my brothers and sisters, is a work that does not belong to us. For the Bible declares, for by grace you have been saved. Through faith, he says, it is not of your own doings, but it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. In other words, he's saying, you can't save you, and you can't keep you. That's not your work. He says, it is the gift of God. By grace, through faith, you have been saved. The gift of God, not the works of the flesh, but it is of his grace, lest any man should boast. It is a gift given to those who believe. But now, what you can do, since you can't get yourself saved, since you can't keep yourself saved, he said, what you can do is work it out. <laughs> you, you missed it. He said, you, you can't get yourself saved. You can't keep yourself saved, but you can work it out. In other words, work outside of you that which God has worked in you. Work it out. If, in other words, if he changed a heart that you could not change, then outside of you ought to be the evidence of what he did inside. The stuff that you couldn't do, you ought to work outside. I wish I had a witness in here. Work it out. Show the proof. Show the evidence. Show the tangible results of your salvation having been secure. What are you saying, preacher? Let me say it plain. Let folks see that you saved. 
work it out. Let folk hear that you are saved. Work it out. Let folk experience what it means to be saved because they have interacted with you who are saved. Work it out. Work outwardly the love of Christ. Work outwardly the grace of the Lord. Work outwardly the forgiveness of the Father that has been shared within, inside of you. Work it outside of yourself. Paul says it like this, this in 2 Corinthians 2 and 15. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Listen to that. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those, watch this, who are being saved. Let, let, let me suggest that as a believer, make sure that you're a fragrance and not an odor. He says, we, we are to be the aroma of Christ. You, you know how it is when you walk into a kitchen that somebody showing up cooking in? Wish I had a witness in here. You, you, you can smell the aroma and the aroma. You hadn't even tasted anything yet, but the aroma. The aroma is inviting. The, the aroma is pleasing. The, the aroma makes you want to sit down. The aroma makes you want to stay there a little while. And, and even if it ain't ready that you'll just sit there and wait. Because it smell like something you want. I, I wish, I wish I had a witness in here. Listen, we, we as believers ought to smell like something that the world wants. We ought to act like something that the world desires. We ought to sound like something that is attractive and inviting that others who are yet being saved says, I want some of that and I'm going to sit right here until it gets done. I'm going to wait until I see how this turns out. I need this in my life. We are the aroma, the fragrance, the pleasing smell, not the foul odor. Some folk can't get to Christ because we just foul. Can't get to Christ because they smell gossip. They smell backbiting. They smell wretchedness and wickedness. They, they smell folk needlessly exposing the infirmities of others and, and they won't join the church because they know that they aren't where they need to be. But if they get anywhere close to you because they are messed up, you will expose them too. that is inviting and pleasing work out the evidence of a saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ and that is ours to do that's your work 
That's my work. This is where a lot of us need help. Because we've been asking the Lord to help us, to change us, to fix us. And the Lord is saying, no, work it out. I put inside of you what you need. Work it out. I gave you the spirit that you need. Quit sitting in sin and being comfortable with it and work it out. Quit, quit allowing yourself to, to, to allow mediocrity in your faith walk to be what you ascribe to and work it out. Quit lying on folk. And then say the Lord's still working on me. You lying again. You, 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 let, you quit the Lord working on you a long time. That's why you're still lying. Work it out. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. So what work? What work do we have? Do I have? Do you have to do? Three points and I'm gone. There is the work, first of all, the work of maturation. The work of maturation, maturity. The work of maturing, maturation. First, First Corinthians 13 and 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Two things, two things I need you to see in that scripture. One, Paul says that when I was a child, I thought and I understood as a child. Watch this. That's the mind. I thought and I understood as a child. That's the mind. He says, but I also spake as a child. That's the mouth. He says, when I was a child, my mind and my mouth. Y'all ain't talking to me again. Acted my age. I thought immature thoughts. And I spoke immature words. He says, but when I became a man, I matured in my thinking and in my language. I matured in my understanding. I matured in my speaking. I matured in my thinking. I, I didn't let things that used to get me mad. Still tick me off. I, I matured in my thinking. I, I didn't let people who used to push my button still get on my nerves pushing the same old button. I matured. If folks still know how to get on your nerves after 20 years and you still let them, Quit asking God to change them. 
because they just pulling out the same old playbook the work that is ours to do is to mature in our minds and in our mouths how can I mature in my mind and in my thinking here it is Philippians 2 and 5 says let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus Paul says that we have to trade our minds for his mind and let his mind become ours let his thoughts become ours let his views become ours let his perspective become ours let his motivations become ours let his attitude becomes ours let the way that he treated folk become the way that we treat folk let the way that he thought about issues become the way that we think about issues let the way that he responded when he was offended become the way that we respond when we are offended which means I've got to trade my mind for his. In other words, I know how I would handle that situation. But Lord, let your mind be in me. I, I know what I would do, but Lord, let your mind be in me. I know how I would interpret what that person just said to me, but rather than me jumping to the conclusions, Lord, let your mind. I know how I feel about what he just said and what she just did, but Lord, before I put my hands on them, let your mind. Let your mind. Before, before I respond let your mind be mine. In other words, I want to think like you. I want to see situations the way you see them. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to understand issues the way you understand them. I want to reach the conclusions, Lord, that you would reach. I want to make the decisions, God, that you would make. I want to see the things the way that you see them. And the only way I can do that is by trading my mind for yours. Listen, hear me, hear me. That doesn't happen magically. That doesn't happen mystically. It doesn't happen mysteriously. It happens through maturity. As you grow in the word of God, his mind becomes yours. Listen to me again. As you grow in the word of God, his mind becomes, what do you mean preacher? I mean this, listen. When, 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 what do you think it means when it says, uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among them. What, what do you think that means? It means that the true essence of God took on human form and human flesh and had life on earth through the person of Jesus Christ. But hear me, every time you let God's word live in you, the word becomes flesh. Every time you follow the commandments of God, the word becomes flesh. 
Every time you bless those who curse you, the word becomes flesh. Every time you love those who hate you, the word becomes flesh. Every time you pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you, the word becomes flesh. Every time you decide to do it God's way rather than your own, the word becomes you take on the mind of Christ when you take on the mind of Christ watch this here's the good news y'all your mouth will follow your mind oh I'm coming down your road this morning when you take on the mind of Christ your mouth will follow your mind wish I had a witness in here no, no, don't, don't leave your mouth out of this because it's the mouth that oftentimes causes a crisis in the credibility of most Christians. Uh, our mouths oftentimes disqualify our faith in the court of public opinion and folk don't believe that we got any God because ain't no God coming out of our mouths. Apostle James says in James 1 and 26, if any man among you seem to be religious, but bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. In other words, your work is not just to think like the Lord, but your work is to talk like the Lord. Your work is to so train and tame your tongue that only those things that are true and lovely, only those things that are of good report, only those things that are edifying, only those things that add to the body and the kingdom of Christ, those are the things that come from your mouth. In other words, ugliness does not come from a believer's mouth. Somebody feel real good because they stop cursing. You don't have to curse to have an ugly mouth. Let me hurry up to point two, but I could park right there for a minute. You don't have to just cuss to have an ugly mouth. Discouragement is ugly. Gossip is ugly. Rumor and innuendo, good God Almighty, is ugly. Point, point number two, point number two, the work that is yours not only is the work of maturation but there is the work of restoration. The work of restoration. Restoration is the work of the believer. Go with me to Galatians 6 and 1. Galatians 6 and 1. I'm hurrying to a close. Galatians 6 and 1 says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, ye which are what? Ye which are what? Spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Paul says this, listen, he says, listen. If somebody falls, and they're believers in the church, and this goes for anybody really, but, but he's specifically identifying folk who you know who are full of faith. When those people fall, he says, you who are spiritual have the responsibility to engage in the work of restoration. 
you who are spiritual, restore such a one. He says, in the spirit of meekness. In other words, don't be high-minded. Don't, 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 don't go looking your nose down at somebody. Don't go making them feel less than because they messed up. Ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, consider thyself, lest you also be tempted. Here's my gripe with the church. We don't know how to treat people who have fallen. I, I know you don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. We don't know how to handle people who have messed up, who have fallen, who are struggling. We love them when they're right. But we throw them away. church oftentimes the ugly truth this is the ugly truth I'm not ta I'm talking about the church in general the church in general turns its back on people who are struggling and that's one reason and one way we become a foul odor rather than a pleasing aroma. Hear me. Everybody doesn't always get it right. I know that's breaking news for somebody. Everybody doesn't always do the right thing. All of us mess up. All of us mess up and miss the mark. Watch this. And all keep on sinning. Don't you sit there and act like you didn't sin yesterday. I wish I had a remote. I'd play it back for you. have sinned, thought some evil thoughts, said some wrong things, or did not do that which we should have done. And in the church, what Paul says is that there ought to be some spiritual folk who can pick up the fallen 
and restore in a spirit of meekness. I, I'm, I'm trying to get to my next point, but, 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 but I need somebody to hear this because, because we, we as a church, the church body, the church universal, we can do a better job by helping to restore folk rather than exposing folk. We love to talk about where people have missed the mark rather than helping them get up again and, and realizing that though you messed up, we all fall down, but we do get up again. We, we can continue in this journey. There's more in your story. This is not the end. Failure is not final. God still has a plan and a purpose for you. Get up again. Ye who are spiritual, ye who are spiritual, ought to be some spiritual folk who can cover the fallen and keep them from becoming needlessly exposed. Ought to be some spiritual folk who know how to handle with compassion and conviction those who have questions about their faith and struggle in their faith journey. Lord, give the church some spiritual folk. Restoration is your work. You see somebody's falling? Help them get up. You see somebody stumbling? Help them get up and carry on and go on. You see somebody not measuring up to the mark? Help them get up. And, and you say, you say, but 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 how can I do that? You can do that when you consider yourself. Here's the second part to this. Here it is. Now, now listen, restoration is not just what you do for others. Restoration is what you do in your own relationships. This, here it is, work it out. I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on. Here it is. There are some relationships that have been severed that you need to work out. Now, don't get me wrong. Some you need to leave alone because they're crazy. And if the Lord delivered you, walk in your, help me somebody. If the Lord delivered you, you ought to thank the Lord that you are delivered and stay, bless the Lord. But, but there are some other relationships, friendships and family that, that y'all just had a disagreement in and y'all not talking to each other and y'all need to work it work it out work it out work it out work it out and here's a scripture for it Matthew 5 and 23 therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gifts God says I'm not even interested in your offering until you work it out with your brother don't give me your tithe don't give me your offering until you and your sister go and work it Point number three, and I'm done. There's the work, finally, of transformation. Maturation, restoration, transformation. Transformation is, this is, Lord, change 
me. And this is recognizing that in the change process, I have a part to play and so do you. It's not just up to God. Transformation is your work too. It's sanctifying work. And I'm Baptist enough to still believe that sanctification is the process by which according to the will of God we are partakers of his holiness. That it is a progressive work that has begun in regeneration. And that it is carried on in the, I wish I had some Baptist folk in here. Carried on in the hearts of believers by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the sealer and the comforter in the continual use and the appointed means, especially the word of God, self-examination, self-denial, watchfulness and prayer. In other words, in other words, this says that we believe that, that if we're going to work it out, we, we got to be involved in the process. I got to read God's word. I got to examine myself daily. I got to practice self-denial. I got to watch myself and who I associate with. And I got to pray to the Lord each and every day. And as I do these things consistently and regularly, here is the good news. For the Bible says that while I do my work, that he's going to do his. While I'm doing the work that is mine to do, God does the work that is his. Philippians 1 and 6, I'm done. Says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What are you saying, Paul? Paul is saying, if the Lord started the work, he's going to finish it. If the Lord started you on the road to salvation, keep your hand in the master's hand. And you keep working on you and God will too. You, you keep praying and God will work on you. You keep watching and God will transform you. You keep practicing self-denial and the Lord will empower you. You keep reading the word of God and God will equip you. You, you keep doing that which you know is God's word and God will do in you what you can't do for yourself. Do what you can do and leave the rest to the Lord. Ah, Lord, I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work out of me that which you worked in me. You put love in my heart, I'm going to work it out of me. You put joy in my spirit, I'm going to work it out of me. You put hope in my spirit, I'm going to work it out of me. Everything that you work inside of me is my job to work outside of me. And Lord, what I can't do for myself, I gave it over to the Lord. And he worked it out. I gave it over to Jesus. And he fixed what I couldn't. I gave it over to God and, and he transformed what was only his to do. Turn it over to Jesus. He worked it out. Jesus will work it out. If you trust him, he'll work it out. If you believe him, he'll work it out. If you hold on to his hand, he will work it out is there anybody here who can testify this morning that God will work it out I don't know what you're going through
But God will work it out. I don't know what you've been through, but God will work it out. I don't know what is on the road up ahead, but I serve a God who, who will work it out. And I wonder, is there anybody in the house today who can testify with me that you serve a God who will work it out? That problem that you had, he worked it out. That enemy that you faced, he worked it out. That sickness that you dealt with, he worked it out. That issue that would not change, he worked it out. Is there anybody in here who's glad today that God did work it out? You say, how do you know that he will work it out? Because I saw one Friday evening when the Lord worked it out. He went up Calvary's Hill, good God Almighty, and worked it out. My soul's salvation was worked out on an old rugged cross. He gave his hands to the nails. He gave his feet to the seal. He gave his side to the spear. He gave his head to the thorn. And he died. I know he died. But while he died, he was working it out. Is there anybody glad today that yet while he was dying, he was yet still working? While he was dying, he was yet still fixing it. While he was dying, he was yet still saving. Say yes, say yes. They took him down from the old rugged cross. I don't believe you're going to shout today, but I'll shout all by myself because I serve a God who they thought that it was over. They thought he was done working. He's done working because we killed him. He can't open no more blinded eyes. We killed him. He can't make the lame no walk. We killed him. He can't make the dumb to talk. We killed him. And he can't do no more works. But early, early, all power in his hand he kept on working kept on working saving me from my transgression kept on working until he healed me kept on working he worked it out he worked it out he worked it out. He worked it out. He will work out what you can't. But he asks you to work out what you can. He'll work out what you can't.
but he asks you to work out what you can. You can work it out. Now somebody's going to have to pick up the phone. But you can work it out. Somebody's going to have to take the initiative and start the conversation. But you can work it out. Somebody's going to have to swallow their pride and decide that it ain't worth it. But you can work it out. And let me encourage you because here it is, y'all. We've been through too much for you not to work it out. The Lord kept you here and the Lord has also kept that other person here. And it's time for y'all work it out. Work it out. And the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. your church home, you're invited to come. Come now. The doors of the church are open. There's some coming. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come on. Come on. I give myself. Give myself. Come on. The doors of the church are open. Come now. Come now. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. I give. I give. I give myself. If you're watching, you can call the number that's on your screen. Give yourself to the Lord. Give yourself to this fellowship. This church, this fellowship of believers, can use me. Yes, 
Amen. Yeah, start getting your mind right now. Start getting your refrigerator and your pantry right now. Amen. E ease into it. Amen. But even more than the physical preparation, I, I ask that you use these next few weeks for some spiritual preparation. You begin praying that the Lord would use 28 days in February to reveal his will, but also to restore unto you that which has been broken, that which has been stolen, that which needs to be repaired. We're believing for restoration during those 28 days. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. I ask that you also be in prayer for those who will be in Birmingham over the next week for our midwinter board meeting of our National Baptist Convention. Pray for their safe journey, our safe journey, our safe return back home. Continue to keep all of those who have been lifted up during our ministry of one, particularly the Singleton family. God rest Brother Archie Singleton's soul. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.